Hey you guys, welcome back and welcome to part two of my interview with hormonal health coach Haley Fountain. If you guys haven't listened to part one, I would go back to last week's episode 204. Um, Haley and I talked a lot about um, managing painful and irregular periods without hormonal birth control like the pill. And she kind of talks about like what the pill does to your body. Um, and, I, and she busted a lot of myths. I thought it was really, really interesting. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, go back and listen to it. But this episode, part two, is all about understanding the different phases of your menstrual cycle. And um, she also talks about like how we should sync our life and our workouts and our work and meetings and um, even like our extracurriculars with our cycle. It was super insightful. I love learning about the different phases and how it really ties together with being like a super busy mom because we're all busy, right? And Haley doesn't make this seem like another thing we add to our plate. It really sounds like something that will make our lives easier. So that's why I love this chat. I hope you guys enjoy it too. Uh, let's learn about our cycle. I'm Randa Lee, and you're listening to the Bread Therapy Mama podcast, a show created for moms who want to feed their families foods that heal them, not hurt them. Food was meant to be our medicine, and the best way to do that is by focusing on the ingredients, not the calories. Here, you'll find everything you need to know about holistic nutrition sprinkled with some motherhood, faith, and non-toxic living along the way. I can't wait to grow with you. Let's dive in. So let's dive into the different um, phases of our menstrual cycle. I feel like most people probably, they maybe know the names, but they don't know like what it actually means and and what it does and how it can um, benefit maybe the the choices that we make. So let's talk about that. Yeah. So I love talking about this. This is one of the tools that has really changed my life and made me really love my menstrual cycle and really lean into it. I feel like for a lot of women, and for myself in the past, we see our menstrual cycle as a burden. Um, but I hope that after listening to this, some of you may be more excited to explore your own menstrual cycle and understand the different phases. So it's important to note that we are all, all humans are cyclical beings. Um, and actually the universe is cyclical, right? The sun, the moon, the weather, the seasons, like all the things, it's all cyclical. Um, and women and men are both cyclical beings. Men are cyclical on a a 24 hour cycle. Women, we have a 24 hour cycle. That's our circadian rhythms, but we are also cyclical on a 28 ish day cycle. So a monthly cycle, similar to uh, the moon cycles. So what's cool about this is we are not the same every day. And for a lot of us, we used to see that as a burden because we're not like men. And let's be real. I'm not going to go into the whole patriarchy thing, but the world is designed for men. It's designed for a man's body. The eight-hour workday, the 40-hour work week that is designed for a man's body. And so a lot of us feel a lot of, um, or many women feel it is a burden because we're not the same. We have different hormonal fluctuations at different parts of the month that are going to impact our energy levels, our mood, um, and our like, literally everything physically, mentally, emotionally. So uh, when you can learn to lean into that and how to plan your days and your weeks and your month around those things uh, as much as you can, obviously, realistically, you can actually optimize it and become more productive and have a higher quality of life. So I'm going to try to keep this concise. We have essentially four four phases in the menstrual cycle. 
day one of your period, I'm going to use that as day one of your cycle. So day one of your period, the first day that you bleed, this is uh, your menstrual phase, which is also the start of your follicular phase. It's a little confusing. I'm going to call it the menstrual phase just for simplicity. So day one of your period is when you bleed. This is your menstrual phase. So this is your winter season of your menstrual cycle. You are at your lowest point hormonally. You may be having some PMS symptoms. Um, whenever your your body's doing a lot to shed the uterine lining from the previous month. So this is a time to chill out, to rest, a time for introspection. If you think about winter, in winter time, we hibernate, right? So I try not to schedule a lot of social activities or really important work stuff. I definitely don't do podcast interviews or anything like this if I can help it uh, during the menstrual phase. So after you finish bleeding, you and you start to go into your follicular phase. So these are this is like the week or so leading up to before you ovulate. And during this time, it's called the follicular phase because follicle stimulating hormone, which is the hormone that helps your body to release an egg, is starting to rise. And then estrogen is starting to rise. Um, estrogen is he- really helpful in uh, making our making us more physically attractive and also making us. Um, it helps with like lubrication. So you'll start to notice maybe your sex drive is starting to go a little bit higher. Uh, your skin is a lot, a lot more plumper. Um, it's just a good time. And this is sort of the spring of the, the menstrual cycle. So really good time to start new projects, uh, a good time to sort of, you know, after your quote unquote hibernation, kind of go back into the world um, and just kind of get, start to, you know, get into your routine. So Regardless of when your period uh, falls on the calendar month, for me, the follicular phase is the beginning of the month for me. So then you go into your ovulation, ovulatory phase, and really ovulation is only a, it's a one day event. It's your egg, you ovulate, the egg only lives for 24 hours, but the days before and after ovulation are kind of the, uh, what we sort of refer to as the ovulatory phase because you have that nice uh, hormone cocktail around ovulation for like four to five days around that time. So this is the summer. This is my favorite part of the menstrual cycle. Um, You're going to have the follicle stimulating hormone. You're going to have higher levels of estrogen, and you're also going to have a little bit of testosterone. Testosterone is typically associated with men, but women also have testosterone in different amounts. So your testosterone is going to be higher. So you're going to be your most confident during this time. And there's a reason for that. Biologically, whether or not you choose to have children as a reproductive being, your body wants you to reproduce. So it wants you to have a higher sex drive during this time to increase the chances of procreation. And it's going to make you more confident, a little more outgoing. So you can lean into this and use it to your advantage. I try to schedule all of my podcast interviews, all of my important meetings, around the time that I'm ovulating because I know that I'm going to be really sharp and I'm going to be at my peak hormonally. So um, you'll also notice that your breasts look a little bit fuller, your lips, your skin is nice and plump. You have like a nice glow. For a lot of women when they're ovulating, it's it's not so much something that you could maybe pinpoint, but there's just something about them. Like you And my friends and I do it all the time. I'm like, you're just like, they're not even wearing any makeup. Like they're not wearing anything special, but they just kind of have a glow about them. And I go, are you ovulating? And they're like, yeah. (laughs) And same thing for me. So you'll just notice you just feel good. You're confident. You just have a glow. There's a reason for that because your body wants to attract the opposite sex for procreation. Whether or not that's your goal, that's just how our bodies are designed. Um, So after that, you go into your luteal phase. And the luteal phase is 
um, called the luteal phase because of luteinizing hormone, which is a hormone. It's going to raise your body temperature a little bit, and it's going to help your body to start building up that uterine lining. Because if you became pregnant during your ovulation, your body is now creating a little house for the baby in your uterus, right? So whether or not you became pregnant, your body's still building this um, this nice little lining in the uterus to potentially house a baby. So during this time, what's cool about this, you're going to have progesterone and luteinizing hormone. Progesterone is actually um, a precursor to GABA, which helps you to feel really relaxed. So assuming you don't have a lot of estrogen dominance or anything else going on, this should be a really nice time. Um, you should hopefully be sleeping more and sleeping deeper and better. Um, this is the quote unquote fall or the autumn of the cycle. So I like to think of it as a time to start to relax, start to wind down for the month, um, tie up loose ends, reap your harvest from the past month. And um, I focus on really nourishing, grounding foods, high fiber, slow digesting foods. Um, you know, as you get closer to the end of your luteal phase, for some women, they start to have PMS symptoms, um, you know, before their period starts. And so I always recommend just getting a lot of sleep, drinking a lot of water, um, focusing on those grounding foods. Think about autumn, think about fall, you know, sweet potatoes, carrots, like root vegetables, things that are really grounding. And uh, assuming you don't become pregnant, then it all starts over. And once you um, your progesterone drops, estrogen goes up when you start your period. So I'll stop there. All right. That was good. That's that's so interesting. No, yeah, because I feel like a lot of people don't think uh, the cycle like, starts with your period. And I guess technically, technically it does. Um. So then when it comes to working out, should like our, our strongest, maybe trying to hit, like if we're into weightlifting, like PRs and stuff would be like around our ovulation time. Yeah. And so, and I want to make another distinction here. Everything I'm sharing is obviously just a guide. Every woman is different and everything that you experience during your cycle is going to be different for you. Um, so this is just sort of a framework, something to look at. Generally speaking, most women uh, feel are at their physical peak when they are ovulating uh, because testosterone is highest. If you think about for men, men have a lot more testosterone than us and they can usually lift a lot heavier uh, than we can and like exercise a lot harder. Obviously, it's different for everyone, but generally speaking. Um, so if you think about that, it make, would make sense that when you're ovulating, you're going to be at your physical peak. You're going to have more energy. You're going to be mentally sharper and you're going to um, be able to, you know, yeah, hit your PRs with your workouts. Now, that being said, for myself, usually like into my luteal phase, I'm feeling pretty good and I'm exercising pretty hard all up until maybe two or three days before I start my period. So it really mm -hmm. depends on the person. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it all starts with like awareness. So, you know, yeah. like, okay, where am I? And you can probably obviously start noticing a pattern. Um, yeah. And that's as the cycle goes. I tell every woman, you need to be tracking your cycle. Um, I use an app. I use natural cycles but a pen and paper will do the trick just fine. Mm -hmm. Just get a regular calendar like printout, which you can find for free on Google and just start writing down what you notice each day of the month and then give it a solid three months of tracking and notice the patterns and then you can figure out for yourself. And that's what's really empowering is understanding your own body because I can, you know, I have a, a cycle syncing guide that literally breaks down all the things like what you can expect and like recommendations. But at the end of the day, it is just recommendations and you do really have to track your own body and understand what's going on uh, for you. Okay. So when someone has like an irregular period, is there like a certain phase that maybe that's the one that like changes 
in length because like it's predictable if you're having like you know a 28 day 30 day cycle but then if you're like someone who maybe goes like a couple weeks and then like you know like a month and a half in between um menstruating is there like like what is it like a certain cycle that is the is the issue a a certain phase I mean that's the issue yeah that's an awesome question no one's ever asked me that but I'm so glad that you did so yes um you will always so it's going to be the follicular phase the first half of the period and so to explain this a little deeper, you uh, once you ovulate, your body, you will start your period two weeks after ovulation, 14 days. Now, that being said, every now and then there's a few women that have a slightly shorter luteal phase that can be like 11 days. So that can vary slightly. But generally speaking, your luteal phase is always going to be about two weeks. So at, right after you ovulate, you're going to have approximately two weeks. Uh, for most women, that's going to be the case. Your follicular phase, however, can be a lot longer. And the reason for that is if you're, we don't always ovulate on day 14. So even though that's what like the, a lot of the calendars show us for, if you have a perfect 28 day cycle, which I think less than 20% of women do have a perfect 28 day cycle, we don't always ovulate on day 14. And there's a lot of reasons for that, but generally speaking, it's usually because of lifestyle factors or stress because your body will delay ovulation sometimes for different reasons. Um, a lot of it is because of stress. Cause if you think about it, if you are, and this goes back to the stress response in the body, if you are, your body wants the best chance, again, whether you want it or not, your body wants the best chance of procreating, right? That's as, um, as reproductive beings, that's what our body was designed for. So in order to do that, it wants the best conditions for uh, procreation. If you are really stressed, then your body is not going to, it's going to delay. It's going to go, oh, not right now. It's going to, the hormones are going to start to rise and it's going to go, not right now. We're not ready. We're too stressed. Let's delay. And then it's going to go, okay, maybe now. And then you got three or four more days that if you're really stressed as well, then uh, your body still will kind of start to delay it. So usually that's why I say stress is a big factor for women um, if they have irregular periods because your body's like, oh, we're not ready yet. And stress can be physical, like mental stress. So it can be like, I'm stressed at work, I'm stressed at home, whatever. But it can also be like, if you make a big change in your exercise routine. So a lot of women, Mm -hmm. if they didn't exercise before and they start exercising a lot, your body, that's a physical stressor and it's a good stressor, but that could impact your ovulation. Um, Also any major weight changes, if you lose a lot of weight or gain a lot of weight very quickly, that throws your body off. That's a physical stressor and your body is like, whoa, wait, what's going on? Something's off. We're going to delay ovulation until we can, you know, be in a quote unquote safer environment to procreate. So it's the follicular phase and it's usually due to stress. Um, So again, that goes back to why the stress management is so important, getting enough sleep and all the things. I mean, it all kind of ties in. Hey mamas, I wanted to take a quick break to tell you about my favorite makeup and skincare company, Tubes & Co. Organics. I love them because they use real ingredients like tallow from grass-fed cows, organic cold-pressed olive oil and certified organic essential oils, and they never use synthetic chemicals, GMOs, toxins, or artificial colors and dyes or fragrances that we do not want in our makeup or skincare products. I made the switch to Tubes & Co. Organics because here's the thing, you guys, your skin is your largest organ. You can be eating the cleanest, most organic ingredients and foods possible, but if you are putting lotions and skincare products or makeup, like your primer 
and foundations on that have these harsh chemicals and toxins in them, your skin is going to absorb it. And I totally trust Tubes & Co because they are made with these real ingredients, don't have all this artificial shenanigans in them. And they're also made in the USA. They are supporting small family owned farms and they're all about being sustainable, fair trade, transparent and ethical. These are all things that just align with my values. So I got a discount code for you guys if you go to toopsandco.com, so T-O-U-P-S-A-N-D-C-O.com and use the code BREADTHERAPY10, you will get 10% off your order. So go check out their skincare and their makeup and let me know if you need any product recommendations but I hope you guys enjoyed Toops & Co. as much as I do. Let's get back to the show. Yeah, no, I totally agree with like tracking your period. I did that for a long time. I mean, obviously right now I have no period to track, which is, <laughs> which is so nice. Um, but yeah, it's just so much easier when you're, you're tracking it. I will say the only thing that I didn't like about like natural cycles that like you had to take your temperature right when you woke up. I'll just be like, oh, yeah, I'm it's awake, like reaching for it. <laughs> well, and the thing is, and I will say that, that you only have to do that if you are using, if you're trying to track exactly when you ovulate and if you're using, uh, if you're tracking as a form of contraception or as a form of, um, if you're trying to get pregnant as well, mm -hmm. if you're not, if you, I mean, you can just track your symptoms. Like I said, on pen and paper, I use natural cycles because that's my primary form of contraception. I, I track mm -hmm. my cycles so I know yeah. when I'm fertile and when I'm not. Um, they do, I will say, the Aura Ring, if you're familiar with that. Yeah. The Aura mm -hmm. Ring has not partnered with natural cycles. I haven't bought it yet because, I'll be honest, I think it's really ugly. Um, oh. Sorry if anybody has it. So I just, that's why I haven't gotten it yet. But I think I'm going to end up biting the bullet and just getting it and trying to accessorize it. They they made it a little thinner. So it's not mm -hmm. quite as bulky as it used to be. But yeah, it was those, pretty bulky. Yeah, it's, and the newer one is a little bit more thin. And so I'm like, maybe I can, I just have really, I have really narrow fingers. But anyways, I digress. <laughs> um, so that's why I haven't done it yet. I do the, the old school, like taking my temperature, but I think I'm probably going to bite the bullet soon. Now that I said that, it's going to be showing up on my Instagram ads. Um, I but, yeah, but that is good. And there's another tool. Um, the name escapes me, but it's another tool that you wear on your arm while you sleep. And um, I wish I could remember the name. I, I'll have to send it to you and you can maybe add it to the show notes or something. But it's same thing. It's that you wear it on your arm and it takes your temperature all night and then comes up with like the average based on um, your sleep cycle. Mm -hmm. So a lot of women who are, um, you know, just had children postpartum and their, their uh, sleep schedule is not normal. Uh, that's really helpful for them because mm -hmm. you do have to be asleep for at least three hours to take your temperature and get an accurate temperature. So um, and for those listening who don't know what we're talking about, this is called the fertility awareness method. It's a form of um, con birth control, like it's natural birth control, if you will. You're tracking your cycle or you can use it to identify when you're ovulating if you're trying to get pregnant. Yeah. Yeah, because you, so when you say like the ovulation period is technically like, so technically you you only ovulate one day, but the, mm -hmm. the period of the ovulation cycle is, is about, you said five days ish. Yeah. So I'll explain that a little deeper. So yeah, you, your egg, the egg, uh, releases and it only lives in the uterus for 24 hours. So it needs to be fertilized within 24 hours in order to, um, become pregnant. Now that being said, sperm can live inside 
of the uterus for up to five days. So that's mm-hmm. why you are fertile for five, six-ish days because it's sometimes hard to narrow down exactly which day you ovulated. So um, that's why you, you know, track whenever you are ovulating so that if you are trying to prevent pregnancy, you can use protection or avoid penetrative sex, um, you know, the, the five to six days around your ovulation. Uh, or if you're trying to get pregnant, that's whenever you would, um, you know, be getting to work during that time. Um, so, and then, yeah, the hormones you have around that time are going to be, you're going to have a little more estrogen and a little more testosterone. That's going to make you feel really beautiful. You're going to, you know, look, look your best and be really glowy. And you're going to have a little more testosterone, which is going to amp up your sex drive a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I, that, that has been my, my favorite, um, form of birth control is the fertility awareness, mostly because like I, so after, um, like after having like my, my, my son, um, I could like feel basically like which stage, like I knew like I'm ovulating, like I could, I could feel it. Um, and it's just so, so powerful to, to know that about yourself because like, I don't know, like you said, we live in, we literally do live in a man's world. Like if you look at like workout programs and stuff, like they're, it takes in consideration men. And I used to do, um, competitive powerlifting and I know a a lot of females, um, you know, like you don't plan, uh, a powerlifting meet around like when you're menstruating, like you, you would just, you would never, especially like the professionals, like they, they wouldn't. And I also want to talk about that a little bit because I'm sure there are some busy moms, professional women, women that have a lot going on, just like we all do, who are listening to this and being like, are you joking? You're telling me I need to, like, I'm already trying to schedule, you know, car car drop off at school and hobbies. Now you're telling me I have to schedule all this around my menstrual cycle. I understand it is not realistic to plan your entire life around your menstrual cycle just because you started your period, life goes on, right? Like you've got kids, you've got responsibilities. If you can even start to plan 20 to 30% of your month, so when you do your planning, and we, I think we should all be planning out our days, our weeks, our months. You know, as, as the old saying is, if you fail to plan your, uh, or yeah, if you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. Um, so as you plan your social activities, if you know, like, you know, I, I look at my app and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be menstruating that that weekend. I probably shouldn't overbook myself. I should probably say no to a few things and give myself like one or two nights in. Um, and so if you can even plan, you know, if you can hire, if you can get help, you know, if that is within your resources to say, okay, you know, I know that week I'm going to be really low energy. Um, maybe I can get someone to come help me clean the house or whatever it is. 20 to 30% will make a huge difference. Small changes, 1% better every day, as we talked about. And then, you know, around the time when you're ovulating and be like, okay, I could add in an extra night out with the girls wine night, or I could add in an extra, you know, work meeting because I know I'm going to be higher energy and at my my physical peak. So it's just about making those micro changes. You can't plan everything around your menstrual cycle, maybe one day, but not now. Yeah. I mean, and like we were saying, it's all about like the awareness. Like if you know that you're like going to be menstruating, then you can also like give yourself basically permission to kind of take it easy. You know, yeah. like you could skip a couple workouts during that time and be like guilt-free and be like, you know, I'm just going to go for a walk. I'm going to just do yoga or meditation and, you know, not feel guilty about it because we always want to like, you know, it's like every week I need to work out like 
five days a week this week. And like, if I don't, then like, it's, it's bad. And it's like, you know what, you might be able to go super hard those five days, um, you know, around like your, your ovulation stage. And you might only make it to the gym once, twice, maybe even not at all when you're, when you're menstruating and just, you know, when you're aware of it, you can, you know, live a little, a little less guilty about everything. Cause I know we always try to fit every single thing in that we can, like we want to be like the best versions of ourselves, but like relaxing and reducing our stress, like we talked about is yeah. many times the, the best thing we can do for ourselves. So it just starts with that awareness. So yeah, just like writing it down, like in your calendar, tracking it, being aware of it, you know, you don't have to plan your whole life around it, but I like that you said like 20 to 30%. Yeah. I love what you said about permission. Giving It's giving yourself permission to rest, which a lot of women do not do. And as part of your health journey, again, like looking at the long term of like, okay, if I want to, if you're saying, yeah, if you have to exercise five times a week, that is 20 times a month or whatever. Well, maybe one week it's six days and one week it's four days. And, you know, there again, it's not to tell anyone how to live their life or when to do what. It's just about giving you permission and understanding these very real hormonal fluctuations that we are going to have every month and optimizing it. And, you know, if you started your period and you want to go lift, uh, do your, you know, PR and lifting, go for it. Nobody's stopping you. But I can tell you for myself, day one yeah. and day two of my period, I am go I'm walking my dog and that's all I'm doing. <laughs> So when you're on the pill, are you like not going through these stages? No, you're not. No. Although a lot of women think they are, but you're not. Okay. No, that's interesting. Cause yeah, I guess, so you can't like, you can't track your cycle cause you're not on a cycle. Like you that's can... just withdrawing bleeding. Yeah. I still will encourage clients that are on the pill to track their cycle simply for the sake of getting in the habit of tracking. But in terms of what's actually happening in your body, you're not going through these phases because you're not ovulating and you're not having a real period. Okay. So you wouldn't really feel any of the ups and downs of... No. Okay. That's really interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Cause yeah, I mean, I would just assume that like when you're bleeding, like you're, you're menstruating, but that's yeah. not it. Yeah. When, not I, menstruating. You know, when I first started the pill, I think I, uh, I misheard what my doctor said and she said, you didn't need to take the sugar pills. And I think what she meant was like, you don't need to like physically take them. But I, I took that as like, just go right into the next, the next pack. Oh, you can do that. So for yeah. months, I just kept taking like, oh, I never took a break. Um, so fun fact about that, actually, uh, I know we are probably short on time, but I'll give a little history of the birth control pill, which is very interesting. I'm glad you brought that up as well. So the birth control pill, I, I don't remember the name of the guy that started it, but he um, in like the 50s, he brought out this birth control pill and it at the, the original birth control pill did not have sugar pills. It was just a pill you took every day like you just described. The reason they added the sugar pills is because women started taking it and they weren't having a period and they were getting scared that they were pregnant. They thought they were pregnant because they weren't having a period. So they introduced the sugar pills so women would have a period and uh, that way they would understand that they're not pregnant. Isn't that fascinating? Wow, that is interesting. So it doesn't like, it's not because like our body needs a break from no. 
I mean, it's good to get a break, yeah, obviously from the synthetic hormones, but no, you, there's no reason to take the sugar pills. Like if you are taking the pill, you can just, I mean, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to tell anyone what to do, but like if you chose to skip the sugar pills, that wouldn't impact anything. And most, I think, uh, medical professionals would agree with that. Wow. That's so interesting. All these things that we just like assume, or maybe we, we were taught by people who assumed, um, isn't that crazy? Yeah. That that I never, I actually just learned that in the last year about the, the history of, and you can just, if you Google history of birth control pill, um, you can find that information it's, it's out there. And yeah, it, they, it used to be just a pill you took every single day, but women didn't trust it. And they were like, they're like afraid that they're pregnant. So that's why they introduced the sugar pill. Wow, that's crazy. And of course, a man made it. Right. Don't get me started. <laughs> that's so funny. Well, this has been an amazing talk. Where can, um, where can the audience like find you, reach out to you, connect with you? Where are you on social media and stuff? So I'm most active on Instagram. My Instagram is at holistic underscore in underscore Houston. So holistic in Houston is my business. My website, holisticinhouston.com. Um, I share a lot of free blog content on there. I have a couple of self-paced guides. I have a a 10 day, I call it a 10 day gut reset. It's just a really good way to sort of get into and focus on your gut health for 10 days. And then I will be releasing my cycle syncing guide. I've, I've, I've given it to a few clients and done some workshops locally and I'm perfecting it and I'll have it a downloadable version, um, for, uh, anyone that's interested in, in learning more about that. And, um, yeah, if anyone's in the Houston area, I do a lot of local events here in Houston too. I'd love to meet you in person. So thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Haley, for coming on. I definitely learned a lot of good things and, uh, I hope other people did as well. And, you know, our, our biggest takeaway is get a good water filter. For real. Yes. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you all for joining me in another episode of the Bread Therapy Mama podcast. If you like this kind of content, check out my blog for recipes, how-tos, product recommendations, and more. Just go to breadtherapymama.com. I'll see you all in the next episode.